Last night in the cricket, Australia rolled for 177. Marnus Labuschagne, 49. Steve Smith, 37. Alex Carey, 36. Peter Hanscom, 31. Uh, the four with uh, some runs of note next to their names. But uh, Ravi Jadeja, 5 for 47. Ravi Ashwin, 3 for 42. The Chief Destroyers, Rohit Sharma, not out 56. Uh, and Ashwin, the night watchman at the other end, uh, is not out yet to score, but uh, KL Rahul gave Todd Murphy, the 22-year-old Victorian, his first test wicket, caught and bowled, and Rahul was out for 20 as India reached one for 77 off 24 overs at stumps, trailing by an even 100 on the first innings with nine wickets in hand. And for those who, who missed it, we discussed earlier this morning, uh, seeing it all over the media this morning, saw it all over social media last night, Pup, uh, this incident uh, with, well, Jadeja, and it looked like Siraj, and uh, sort of just him going mm. and, you know, maybe getting something for his fingers. You've got a theory for this, so it looks a bit sus. So people are like, hang on, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah. Well, I tell you, it looks sus because he's got it from his team, at the top of his teammate's hand. He's rubbing it on his. Uh, on his finger, and he's got the ball in his hand. But to me, this is what happens. When you bowl a lot of overs as a spinner, and certainly when you've had a long break like Jadeja has, this is only his second game back from injury, you cut the inside of that index finger from the rotation of the ball, rubbing up and down on the ball. So it looks like, when I watch the video that I'm staring at now, he's obviously asked the 12th man, to give Siraj, who's fielding at fine leg, the over before some. Let's. I'm assuming something like Vaseline. It's some cream for that finger. He's put it on the top of his hand. He goes over to the bowler, gets it off him, into his right hand, rubs it between his fingers, and then puts it onto that left index finger, which is the finger he uses when he's bowling. So that's all I think it is. I don't know. I'm obviously not there. I'm just going on. I know what that feeling's like. You bowl a lot. You haven't bowled much of late. You get those big blisters. Um, the only thing, I wish he didn't have the ball in his hand. I wish he even gave the ball to the umpire why he did it. Then I don't think anybody would be talking about it. But from my perspective, looking from a distance on the vision that I'm seeing on your phone right now, that's all I think it is. So I don't think there's anything more to it. I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. It could be something else. But yeah, it, it doesn't look it doesn't look sus to me at all. It looks like he's the Siraj has got something from the 12th man giving it to Jadeja to rub. It would be some... You know the other cream they have now? They put like um, on top, like you get blisters on your feet, same thing. And it's got like a coating over the top of it. So it's like, it's nearly like a rub on sort of Band-Aid. Mm. So it goes, it's a cream. It goes across that that finger um, and it just gives you a little bit of a, a harder protection on top. So certainly when you, like, you'd imagine the work that's going through those fingers trying to spin the ball. You know, Warney used to get blisters on his fingers all the time. Um, but yeah, it's just the look. I think we're just, we're slowing something, slow motion, slowing it down. There's obviously scars in a lot of our heads because it's spoken about every day, the ball tampering mm. saga. So yeah, I, I don't, personally, I don't think there's anything to it. I think that's all it is. How are you, Mossy? I'm great, Mido. I'm great. Uh, I had you had the pleasure of bumping into my brother and sister-in-law recently. Yes, I did. I did. Fantastic. Well, I know... They said, we brother... must organise a beer with me, though, and I said, you're kidding, aren't you? Yeah, I'm in I'll for that. I have to speak to him twice a week. That's well, enough for me. Oh, you can well. drink, that's for sure. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Mossy, did you watch your cricket yesterday? I didn't, Clarky, unfortunately. Didn't I was see sitting it. down, bum up at work. Too yeah. busy. Yeah. What about, yeah, uh, was, what about today and over the weekend? Do you reckon you'll get to watch a bit of it? 
I'm commentating two games over the weekend, so no rest. Football getting in the way of life. I know, big time. It always gets in the way of fun. I'll tell you what, though, what a Sydney derby we've got. Uh, Always, you know, always an important fixture, but particularly when, you know, it's it's delicately poised for both these sides. I know the Wanderers are second, but there's a real chasing pack, isn't there? And, uh, well, if they win this Sydney FC, they, they really pull to within the Wanderers on the table, so... This is going to have an edge to it, this game at Combank Stadium. I'll tell you what, the, with the market as well, Mossy, I think the Wanderers fans will feel very disrespected in that Sydney FC are slight favourites. Yeah, that's right. Well, first of all, it's great to see the hype around this game because of the form the two teams are in and, and the, the state of the table at the moment. You're right, Mido, obviously, you know, a, a third win on the trot for Sydney FC could really catapult them back up into the conversation. Um, around what's going what, what the table look like end of season, um, because you remember the first Sydney derby, it was all around Milos Ninkovic and his defection to to Western Sydney, and um, you know it was good hype around the game, but it was all centred on the individual. So it's good to hear um, that this is more about the two clubs and and the class divide, if you like, that the, that the media are, are playing at. Um, but I, I, I can't split them. I, I, I seriously, I, I think we're in for a great game of football. I think it'll be a super atmosphere out there at Combank. And uh, I'm going for a score draw in this one, which I think is paying around the $3.50, something like that. Um, but I really think we've got goals in it, um, but I can't split the two teams. What's been the biggest difference in the turnaround with Sydney FC? Mossy, what, what have they done differently over the last couple of games? Well, it's, it's not often that you say a defender makes so much difference, but I do think they're still leaking some goals, um, which they'll be working on, no doubt. But I think Alex Wilkinson, just his leadership, his presence, uh, what he does to players around him, I think that's been huge. And, and obviously, Lafondra, you know, has been uh, scoring goals again, which uh, which is always a positive. But I just think that, um, you know what it's like when you look around in the tunnel as you're just about to run out and you, you look at who's in the lineup, and hmm. Wilco's presence is so so big even though he's you know at the back end of his career he's still playing good football but his presence just instills confidence and I think that's something that was lacking before he came back from injury and and Western Sydney you know I think Mark Rudan, Marco Rudan is, is playing a good game in the media just about how the team is evolving um, he's not uh, putting the cart before the horse he knows it's a process um, but each week he's just dropping a few comments that uh, instill more confidence and I think uh, Schneiderlin uh, coming in during the transfer window, ex-Manchester United um, midfielder has been a good signing because uh, he looks like he's in good shape, even though he hasn't played too many games over the last couple of years. How concerned are you about MacArthur FC, Mossy, coming off a 6-1 loss to, I know they're the competition front runners and by quite some distance, but Melbourne City beating them 6-1. And they've got, uh, they've got Wellington on Sunday, Campbelltown. Yeah, I, I commentated that game last week and, um, and I have to say... You know, for as good as Man- uh, Melbourne City were, um, and we'll get to Manchester City in a moment, um, but for as good as Melbourne City were, um, MacArthur were just as bad. Um, and, and, you know, you can't you can't point the finger at Milos Dojovsky, the new manager. He's only just, uh, just taken over. He's a couple of games. That was his second game in charge. Um, but it just, uh, it, it was a terrible performance. They were well off. They weren't just half a yard off. And, uh, and you come up against the Melbourne City team, the likes of McLaren and Leckie and Tilio, um, you, you can have a bad day at the office if, if you're not on your game. So a lot of work to do there. I see Millet has brought Jacob Burns in, ex uh, 
Leeds uh, and Socceroo midfielder uh, as his assistant coach. So they'll, they'll be working 48 hours a day to turn things around. But whether they're getting the support and the resources they need, time will tell. Radio buddy, take us through Man City. What's your take on it? Where does it go from here? And most importantly, does it affect the current playing group? Absolutely, Clarky. because, uh, you know, when you've got a realistic threat of expulsion from the Premier League at, at a club the size of Manchester City, and it is realistic. I mean, you think about over 100 charges from 2008 um, to, to 2018, or 2009 to 2018, um, now, Manchester City have come out and said, you know, we welcome an independent investigation into this um, inquiry. Sorry, we've got a comprehensive body of irrefutable evidence in support of our position. Um, so they're being bullish, obviously, about their position. But um, it has to impact because if you think about, you know, a lot of those years too, there's been huge pressure on Pep Guardiola to win the Champions League. He's obviously delivered the, the EPL titles. Um, but this all, how this plays out is going to be a, a moment in time in, in world football. If Manchester City were to get relegated, um, kicked out of the Premier League, if they were to lose a, a vast number of points that, um, that puts them you know, uh, down the bottom of the table, um, things like that have huge ramifications. And while it's hanging over a dressing room's head, um, it, it can't be a good thing. They are a club in crisis. Just on that, Mossy, if they get um, relegated... What's the financial spend from Premier League to the next level down? Can they spend whatever they want, or is it salary cap? Uh, no, 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 no salary caps. Um, but it's the amount of money you lose uh, because of TV rights. Um, yeah, but they well can, as... But they've got a big backer, so they'd be able to buy the best players, wouldn't they, and still win and move up? Well, the following year? I, I d- it depends how long the. Um... The uh, the bands, you know, they, I don't think they'd just be kicked out of the Premier League with, um, you know, if you remember Rangers uh, in the Scottish Premier League when they were kicked out, um, I think it was Jim Meadow. You might know better than I, but I, I think it was like it was for a term, um, you know, two, three, four years, whatever it was. It took them seven years to recover, um, and and you can see a club like Manchester City, if they were to be kicked out, you could see the City Football Group probably moving on. Um, even though they they would be culpable if these charges are proven, um, so yeah, it, it could have huge, huge and long ranging uh, ramifications. Okay, so we had Manchester United and Leeds yesterday, two two had finished, and that was some comeback as well by United there at Old Trafford. They play again, did I do I see on Monday morning? But uh, we had Alan Nixon from the Sun on yesterday, and again, Ange Postecoglou has been linked to another job. I think his second favourite uh, from bookies who can bet on this over there in the UK uh, for that job. But uh, even Alan Nixon said to us, "Why would he go there? He, he can do better than that." So, uh, how do you see? Well, do you see Ange just continuing just to bide his time and just, you know, continuing to, I guess, lead Celtic to more glory? Yeah, look, I, I, I do. But the, the more clubs that come knocking, obviously, the, the more, the stronger the temptation will be eventually. And, and you know, Ange is very smart around the jobs he, he chooses to go for or, or accepts if he's tapped on the shoulder. Um, and, and Leeds has a rich history with Aussies. You know, if you think of Mark Paducah, Harry Kuehl, um, Jacob Burns, uh, you know, all, all of those guys played for Leeds, so there is a um, there is a history there for, for Aussies, and I know Ange likes, um, you know, he likes the project, but he likes the he likes the, the story as well. 
Um, so, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I, I still don't see him jumping. I, I still maintain he's got a, um, you know, a, a unfinished business at Celtic and, and going to the Champions League again, I think, is, is, a, is a key magnet for him staying at, at Celtic. Um, but you've got the likes of Gerard uh, Pochettino also mentioned, uh, Carlos Cobaran, uh, who's now in charge of West Brom Albion. He was the favourite, but he's just extended at West Brom, so uh, he won't be going there. He used to be the first-team coach at Leeds under Bielsa. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd like to see you know, Stevie Gerrard or a Pochettino. I'd love to see Pochettino back in the, the Premier League. I'm just not sure that um, Leeds is the type of club that would appeal to him. I think he's um, he's looking at, you know, one of the Manchester's or uh, or a Liverpool or something like that down the track. So, um, yeah, watch his space. But I, I'm not surprised that Marsh went. Um, seeing them over here in pre-season, I was never really impressed with him. Um, and I, I thought things might go south at some point during the season. Multi, please. Mate, let's go a four-legger. Uh, three in the Premier League, Arsenal into Fulham into Manchester United um, in that quirk of the fixture where they, they uh, travel to um, travel to Leeds um, into the draw in the Sydney Derby. So Arsenal, Fulham, Manchester United and a draw in the Sydney Derby. OK, I'll have uh, the odds for that for our listeners. In fact, I'll be able to give it right now. So for Mossy's multi... Uh, of course, I've gone too far. Here, here we go, the draw. So Arsenal, <laughs> Fulham, Manchester United, the draw. That's paying $17.63 with tab. Oh, that's tasty. That is very tasty. You know what would be great is if that got up and then all the punters at the Big Sports Brekkie Luncheon in a couple of weeks remembered that that got up and then I'd be the star of the day, wouldn't I? Uh, well, unless Loz's multi gets up between now and then. <laughs> What are the odds of that? Oh, <laughs> six to one. There's a sledge. <laughs> there is a sledge how's, to finish. How's things building for the uh, for the luncheon, boys? Yeah, looking good. Yep. Well, we've got Arnie coming. We have. Yes. Tick. Oh, happy days. One big fish in the room. It's a good start. He, More to he, come. he would only he would only come if he was sat right between Loz and um, Clark. He can sit anywhere he wants, Arnie. I said, but that's going to be tough because that's my seat. <laughs> Coach of the year, I reckon, Arnie. Sit where he likes. There was a, there was a story it, it, when he won the Coach of the Year award for the Mariners. Let me uh, let me embellish this story just quickly. Um, we went to the awards night. It was at Star City Casino. After the awards were done, he was holding his glass trophy. He said to his wife, Sarah, can you just hold this trophy for me, sweetheart? I'm just going to the, the gents. <laughs> Came back. She dropped it on the uh, on the tile floor. <laughs> and the, the sea had come off. It's broken off. the. So we've kept calling him ever since Oach of the Year. Not surprised you loved that. Oh, I love that. I think it's good. <laughs> Year uh, seven humour. Yeah. <laughs> you on your mossy? Good on you guys. Take care. Time to talk some athletics. Well, uh, coming up is the Cross Country World Championships in Bathurst next week at Mount Panorama, in fact. And joining us now, well, he's the Australian 1,500-metre record holder. And he's set to compete in the 4x2K relay at those Cross Country World Championships. It's Stuart McSwain. Stuart, good morning. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you on the show. So you're set to compete in that relay with Ollie Hoare, Jess Hull and Abby Caldwell. What are the expectations? Um, yeah, firstly, really excited. Obviously, to have a world champs in Australia is massive. So 
Um, we've got, yeah, we've got a great team. Um, so hopefully we can be right in the mix um, for next Saturday up in Bathurst. Stu, what sort of time are you running to Kazim? We've just had a, a story last week. One of the South African female cricketers got dropped from the World Cup squad because she didn't make the time she needed to run for a 2K time trial. What sort of time are you running it in? Yeah, so it obviously depends a lot on the course in Bathurst. It's going to be quite hilly and, um, yeah, it's going to be undulating course, so it's a little bit harder. But I assume we'll be running around five minutes per leg, so um, we'll be be moving relatively quick. Five minutes. So, hang on. Talk to me about – if you're on a treadmill, what's that, level 22? (laughs) What, what, What are you running at? Yeah, so I think so it works out about two two minutes thirty pace. So I think it's oh. yeah upwards to about twenty three, twenty four kilometres. <laughs> now, now sure, does, it, I, I know you love your sport, but is this more enjoyable than just running around a track? Um, I think so. Yeah. Obviously, cross country, there's a lot of lot of variables, uh, but also it's fun because you kind of it's not like a track's more probably predictable. Like cross country, there's a lot going on. The course, there's going to be hills, um, ups and downs. As I mentioned, the terrain is going to be tough as well. So it makes for a lot of lot more interesting races. And then for us, obviously, the honour of wearing the Australian Guernsey is everything. So, um, yeah, very excited for next weekend. And just on that then, because I'm assuming because you know the surface on a track, you don't have to look down. But on cross-country when you're running, does it does it change your running style at all? Do you, and do you move your head around a lot more? Uh, probably not uh, no. too much. I think you, you obviously have to be more aware of, the conditions you're running in. Um, but I think a lot of the time it's just kind of, yeah, just running as hard as you can most of the way. In cross country, you probably don't get quite as as good a rhythm as you do on the truck. So you kind of got to just be tough the whole way and kind of grind, grind out the whole run. Stuart, have you been to Mount Panorama before? I mean, what are you expecting from the course? So I was lucky enough to head up there a couple of weeks ago to have a look at the course, trying to get a, a little bit of advantage on the, the internationals and kind of work out what it's going to be like, what I needed to do in training. So, um, yeah, as I mentioned, it's going to be a tough course. Um, it's an amazing place, obviously an iconic area of Australian sports. So, um, yeah, thoroughly looking forward to it. And what's the strategy? What leg will you run in that relay? I think it's most likely I might be the final leg on the relay. I think we're still finalising our team this week, um, but I've heard murmurs I might be the last leg. So, um, obviously, we've got four members, so we'll have, um, yeah, one on the first three legs and then hopefully I can bring us home pretty well. In a relay... Obviously, pressure on everyone, but what carries the most amount of pressure? Do you think Mate, starting last, or finishing? Last for sure. You got to get. Yeah, your but team you can lose the race starting as well. Like, not if last is quick, you catch up. Oh, anyway, last is, that a dumb is question, maximum Stuart? pressure, surely. <laughs> uh, I would say, yeah. I'm not sure. I think all, all legs if I feel a little bit of pressure, but um, at least last you feel like you kind of have a, have a bit of control how the team finishes up. Stuart, you also became the second Aussie male to run sub-13 in uh, the 5,000 metres in the Brussels Diamond League last year. I mean, what's the focus and, and goals this year with, of course, Paris being on the horizon next year? Yeah, so we obviously World Cross next week is a big event for us, and then we've got a World Track Champs in August in Hungary. So mm. that's the big focus this year. And as you mentioned, Paris is only 18 months away, so... Um, it will come around pretty quick. So, um, yeah, gearing up for that as well. And you clearly bounced back from what – you had a bit of a heart scare, didn't you, last year? Was that, that was COVID-related, wasn't it? Yeah, unfortunately, I battled a bit of COVID illness at the start of last year. But, yeah, I was able to battle early on in the season but turned it around and was able to finish the season strongly. So, hopefully, taking some good momentum into this season. Great stuff. Now, you're originally from King Island, is that right? 
Correct, yeah. yeah. Grew, up, grew up on King Island. Not, not too many better places than, than the old King Island. I was going to say, that is absolutely on my bucket list after I saw a whole heap of people at the King Island races. Only, I think it was last week or the week before. So, uh, races, golf course, sell it to us. Why should we be going to King Island? And for, for those who haven't heard of it, what, it's just off the, the, the northwest coast of Tasmania, correct? Yeah, so it's, a, it's about a 35-minute flight from Melbourne. So, um, it's actually, yeah, not far away, but absolutely wonderful place. Obviously, they've got two world-class golf courses, um, awesome horse races, as you mentioned, awesome seafood, awesome fishing, um, camping. The beaches are amazing. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a crazy place. It's like a place I've never, no other place I've been to has been similar to it. So, yeah, if you get the chance, make sure you head down because it's a wonderful spot in the world. I'm sure, and uh, you've probably run every inch of the island, I dare say. <laughs> Uh, a fair bit of it. It's only 64 kilometres up and 32 across. So especially when I'm back home over Christmas, I yeah, log, log a few Ks around the island. Uh, great stuff. Well, Stuart, uh, can't wait to see how you and the team goes there uh, in Bathurst next week. And we really appreciate your time this morning. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me on, guys. NBL last night and the Perth Wildcats, they did it again. Kept their season alive. They beat the South East Melbourne Phoenix 106-99. to So they'll play Cairns on Sunday. The winner of that plays the Sydney Kings in a best of three semifinal series. Uh, the other game last night, the Tasmania Jack Jumpers beat the Taipans 87-79. to uh, So that means that the Jack Jumpers qualify for the semifinals. Well, they'll play in a best of three series against the New Zealand Breakers. Uh, stacks of texts about the tips this morning. Wanting me to read them out. So I'm going to go on a tip reading a thon here. Firstly, uh, JR has sent us Mark Hunter's tips for Melbourne tomorrow for the Sandown meeting. The Ore Stakes being the feature, of course. So they are his best bets. And Loz will like this because it also. Uh, is in thinking with the Big Sports Breakfast Multi. Mark Hunter's two best bets are race four, number one, Charm Stone. Race four, number one, Charm Stone, which uh, as it stands with Tab, is the $2.25 favourite. He also likes race eight, number five, Corner Pocket, which is $3.40. And his roughy is race five, number seven, Cythera, which is $16 to win and four eighty to place for Peter and Paul Snowden, Mark Zara in the saddle. That is race five, number seven, Cythera. Mark Hunter's race for a year, either. Oh, sounds like you've got a bit of mail on it yourself. No, 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 come no, across no, it? no. Well, I remember when, it first, uh, when she first raced, um, there was strong support for her. And I think she won. And she's only had two starts, I think, one in a second or a third or something. But she's been off the scene. So I'm just wondering how many trials. I don't even know how many trials she's had Mido, to be mm. perfectly well, honest. It's always hard. Uh, uh, heaps. Has she? Well, yeah, so. What's she oh, won on no, the these, um, these are trials. Well, she, had, yeah. she won a trial here uh, about a month ago. Yeah, won a trial here about a month ago. That was at Rose Hill and trialed late December here at Rose Hill as well. Must have had an issue because, yeah, won a trial back in August and never came to the races in the spring. Yes. Uh, so, and I'm not sure, you know, down there it's harder to track the jump outs, etc. Down in Victoria, we do it much better as far as, you know, the official trials, etc. here in New South Wales. But, uh, 
Okay, $16 you're getting if you want to take an interest there tomorrow. Uh, now, Ali Mosley's tips. Lots of requests for this. Canterbury tonight. Ali likes. Race five, number three. Above and beyond. Race five, number three, which is an $8.50 chance or $2.40 the place. Tomorrow at Randwick. She likes in the Inglis Millennium. Race six, number nine, Facile, which is $7.50 to win and $2.50 the place. Race six, number nine. She also likes in the Piero Plate, which is race one. Race one, number eight, Raises $23.440 the place. Race one, number eight. It's Sandown tomorrow. She likes race eight, number six, Sunshine Rising, which is $4.60 to win. Her best bet is at Ramwick in race two, the Tab Highway, number 14, Emirates. Race two, number 14, Emirates for Danielle Saib and Tyler Schiller. $6 to win, two twenty the place. Now, Brad Davidson's uh, tip tomorrow is in the English Millennium. It's a value play. He likes race six, number 14, Kundalini. $7.50 to win and two fifty to place. And Adam Pengilly, his best bet is race 10, number four, Waterford. $2.80, and his value bet is race six, also in the English Millennium. Number 10, Lazago, nine fifty to win and two ninety the place. While we're on the tips, one more, Loz. This is the BSB Multi for tomorrow. We're going Sandown race four, number one, Charmstone to run top two, and then we're going to have to wait race 10 at Ramwick, number four, Waterford to win. And if you want to be a part of the BSB multi, that's paying $6. Exhausted. Surely there's Oof. a winner in all those. Hopefully there's a winner. And anyway, someone's, cheers, Mac has just texted in. in Got the, one for you in the midway at Ramwick, boys. Race three, number 13, at odds. Okay, Nikki's song, which is $51. $51 and uh, 12 the place. So uh, give it strength. Mm. No case made by Macca. Just says, just back it. Mm. And Loz gets his phone out straight away. Well, I'm not writing this down, you know, but I, a mate of mine who lives in Hong Kong, all right, and he's probably listening to the program this morning, he texted me yesterday, and that's what he texted me. And he usually goes, all right, with some big odds. Race six, number 15, Dorothy Gale. Mm. I've never heard of Dorothy Gale. Okay, Have race now. six, number 15. This is in the Millennium. Gee, I'll tell you what, we've had some mail for the English Millennium. Yeah. And this is uh, for Annabelle Nisham and Tom Marquand in the saddle, barrier six. Dorothy Gale's $34 to win and $8 the place. Do you know anything about it? No, yeah. zero. Good trainer, good jockey, though. Uh, we've got Glenn on the line. G'day, Glenn. Uh, hello, guys. I've never rung up ever, but I'm just listening to your bloodshed. Wait. I appreciate uh, the call, mate. This, this question is going to test the mighty lols out. Ooh, rightio, Glenny. It's, it's a tricky one. Right. Is Loz there? Or? Yes, you, yep, I am, Glenn. Loz, Loz, I, I live in Cogra, mate, Carlton. Yep. Now, mate, I went to your grand final with a mate. Yeah. And if it wasn't for you, <laughs> if it wasn't for your great pastor, Fergo, you would have got beat. 
Now, the question is, though, you won the grand final. And I sat there for an hour after the game with me mate. We mate had 10,000 on you blokes at nine to four. Now, yes. here's the question for you. I sat there for an hour after the game. What was the name of the song? And you probably heard this song in your man cave. What was the name of the song they played over and over after the game? Loudspeaker. This is 89, obviously. 89. Uh, the, the first one, the first grand final. Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, do you know what? Now, she's oh, a I, famous singer. They kept playing it over and over. Not um, not simply the best, no. Wouldn't no. Have been Turner, no. Um, no. Jeez, I'm disappointed. Haven't you heard this in your man cave? <laughs> no. I'll t- tell you what I'm going to do, guys. I don't know whether too many a famous pre- song. A famous song, famous song, famous song. I'll give you a hint. Yeah. The lady who passed away. You're not. You're, you're pretty much fam- one of the most famous female singers of all time. Oh, Aretha oh. Franklin. Four, there's four <laughs> words to the song. Four words. Ah, oh, come on, like mate, you got me stuck here, Glenn. <laughs> Yeah, let me. Who, what's her what name? What about in your man cave? You're in your man cave. You told me about your yeah the cave, the W the, the W yeah, roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have heard this a million times, mate. No, I I haven't. I can't remember the song. The first words one, 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 one. one. Oh. Glenn, he gives up. <laughs> oh, no, man, a shocking word. Last word is time. One time. Oh, is it Whitney Houston? Yeah, one. What's the second word? Oh, one moment in time. You got it, oh, mate. Oh, got it now. <laughs> every, got it. Time I, every time I, I think of the Raiders, I think of one moment in time. They kept playing it over, mate. Uh, well, you know what, Glenn? You know what? Yeah. Now that you've said that, I, I, I can't recall it being um, played on that day, but I've got an old VHS video. <laughs> And and it'll be the, on it, mate. It is on, on it. It, it is yeah. on it, but it's on there showing us um, throughout the year, the throughout the year, playing it. Mate, mate, they played it over, and, and when you get the old VCR, it's on yeah. that. That's where I hear, I've heard it. Ah, that's where you've heard it. Right, right, right. Yes, yeah, no, but I, every time I hear, I think of you, Blakes. Oh, jeez. Now, two quick. I know. I'm, I'm, no, I'm you're right, Glenny. Go first time caller. We give you a bit more no, time. Hang on, hang on mate. I was at Cogger one day, yeah. you scored the longest try. Now, a friend of mine, Brad Mackay, goes, all right, he played 5-8 this day. Love Brad. Yeah, but oh, terrific, fella. Anyway, his mum's terrific, too. Yeah. The, um, you beat Brad Cole 10 metres up from your line. You, you sidestepped bloody Brad, and you went 80 metres. Do you remember that and scored? Oh, you when you tested my memory, buddy, I can't. Yeah, mate, I'll no, remember. Because I'll tell you what, with, with Macca, he, he was a great defender and very... You beat him cold, mate. You sidestepped him 10 metres out from your own line around 80 metres. You did. Oh, jeez, I can't remember that. I remember a day at Cogra where we got hammered by the Dragons. And well, I used Choc- to watch you guys, you know, before the game started, I used to watch you and Mal and Belcher passing the ball to each other. And I thought, Jesus, look, I'll have a go at this for synchronisation. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, nah, we, yeah. we, we were pretty good when that team was all rolling around. You beat around. us that day. Yeah. Now, you, last question, I'll be Glenn, very fast. Glenn, take Laws' number. Can you two talk on the phone? <laughs> no, no, no. My, my Brad's up. 
Mate, Laurie's underrated, mate. I'm telling you. Oh, mate, I reckon he's Laurie's overrated, not underrated. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mate, mate, Social media about 
you know, the Blue Diamond Preludes and, and, and Charmstones, etc. And he said, this is one of the best, if not the best two-year-old I've ever tra- trained. Now, sometimes Mick can sort of say things tongue-in-cheek, and yeah. I asked him again, and he said no. He said, this is one of the best two-year-olds I've ever trained. We're going to go to the Blue Diamond, mm-hmm. something in the tank for the Golden Slipper, and she will just be winning. Yeah. So when I heard, because I, I heard you talking about Charmstone yesterday, and I think it might have been with Adam Pingeli or someone, you said, no, 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 we're going, we're going to Blue Diamond and Slipper. And then I thought, hang on a second, don't tell me Loz has got a share in this. No, no. It's I a mate. I haven't got a share. No, I've, I've backed it in all ends. Perfect. That's okay. Right. Well, you're onto something, big time, because I haven't heard Mick Price talk about that. And he's not that type of bloke either mm. to sort of come on and make outlandish statements. So if anyone wants to listen to that too, along with any of the interviews from this morning, they're all up on podcast. But uh, so Charmstone into a horse. Into in, Waterford in the last in Sydney. One of the best back runners. We're going to have Munns on the punters panel. But I think it's $5 was the opening price into, what is it, like 280 or 290 now. So yeah, it's been well back. Fingers crossed though. Fingers right. crossed. Both to win. Uh, top two, Charmstone, yep. Waterford win. And what price? Six bucks. Gee, that's a good price. All right. Um, hopefully Dicko's listening and keeps that open a little bit longer than what it is yes. going to be because it'll be shut pretty soon. Punters panel today, Luke Marlowe, Richard Callender, Jet Hatton, Mike Wood, Anglin Mundy. So we've got a five-prong attack. We've had more changes in the Australian cricket team. In What'd their you first make of the cricket, test. by the way? Mm. Uh, very interesting. Head or no head for you? In the team? Yeah. Head. Head. Oh, I was the same. We can't believe Fair it. Income, honestly. <laughs> we can't believe it. Yeah. yeah it, it, there's no point. When you don't have any head, it's just mm. no good, is it, Lob? Not good at all. Anyway, boys. He's got to be in the team. How come these two have lost the plot? What? I don't know. I've never seen Michael shaking so much, and Mido looks like he's all frozen up. Mido looks like he's... Anyway. What do you... Well, you've got to have head. He should be in the team. I couldn't agree more. Exactly. <laughs> he had to be. Had to be. I don't know, Lobs. Like, you know, and I was surprised as you were. Well, Headline, no head. No, that's exactly right. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to get a campaign happening. We want head. With with Clarky leading the way, we need head back in the team. We're being we're being Well, you can blame Boz for this. I'm just <laughs> running with Great him. weekend, everyone. Punters panel coming up. Yeah, very good.